Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Pen Addict Podcast. I'm back! I have returned from my very brief departure from the show. The Pen Addict is a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analog tools that you love so dearly. I am the returning Mike Hurley, and I am joined by a man that if you looked at his skin under a very powerful microscope, I'm sure you would see a dot grid. It's Mr. Brad Dowdy. <laughs> My eyes were bugging out when you started saying that. I was like, where could this possibly be going? I did say to you it was a bit of a weird one today. Yeah, that's nice. I like it, though. That was uh, that was interesting. What? All right, r- remind me. What's your name again? My name is Anna Reinert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, w- welcome back, Mr. Hurley. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody, that not only... Was I not available for the show? I also posted the show late uh, last week. Just crazy stuff happened. And uh, unfortunately, I had to miss the pen addict, which is a real... Basically, I was very sad about that. I I enjoy this show so much that it was very upsetting. But what I did get... Now, can 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 I... Let me talk about the show for a second, Brad. All right. The show in general. Okay. We record this thing every week, and it's the show that people laugh at when I tell them that I make, because they can't conceptualize what this is, what we do. And we're doing this show with you every week. I do kind of find it a bit strange at times that we sit for an hour and we talk about this stuff. This is, you know, this is the stuff that me and you talk about, and it's strange, right? Yeah, I'm with you on that. But people love this show like love this show and that's awesome and that makes me so happy last week i got to be a listener and this show is awesome (laughs) (laughs) because it doesn't exist anywhere else this is a show for people that love pens and paper and it's made by people that love pens and paper and I got to sit last week and I was just in absolute, like, rapture of the show. Like, I was just so into it, listening to you and Anna talk about pencils and different types of paper and cool pens that you've been trying out. And listening to Anna's stories about, like, the paper that they're taking away from her at work and how sad that made her. And I felt bad for her. <laughs> it was just, I loved it. I really loved it. Just want you to know, everyone, that doesn't mean I'm going away. I like making the show even more than I love listening to it. But I think I can finally understand why people love this show. And that was awesome. Well, cool. That is awesome. It's it's so much fun. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's like, it's very, you know, even if, you know, kind of having a a down day or, or whatever, you know, jumping on the the microphone and, and talking to you with about pens and paper, it's kind of uplifting because it's yep. so much fun and you know, it's, we're passionate about it. And I think it comes out, um, hopefully it comes out in the, in the podcast and, um, you know, being able to have on, you know, guests like Anna, um, share our passions like that. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it makes it, makes it all worthwhile. And, um, it, it makes it easy when, you know, you're able to talk to someone like her and just, and just, and just flow was really pretty much what we do. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed last week's episode. I, I was nervous doing it. I could tell, um, you know. And you did. Yeah, Anna cr- could tell I was nervous. <laughs> you did an incredible job. Then, oh, good. Thank you for well, for stepping in at such short notice and, and doing it. The, I really enjoyed it, but I could tell you were a little bit more nervous than usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a little. I had to focus a little bit more. Um, but behind the scenes stuff while I was doing yep. it too. So you know, my, I was a little bit more distracted than normal. But uh, hey, it's not, yeah, it, it went pretty well. You guys just think I'm sitting there pressing buttons. It's not an easy job. It is not at all. Not at all an easy job. <laughs> so continuing your absolute celebrity that <laughs> you have been doing recently, you are becoming the pen man sort of mm-hmm. all over the internet. You're involved in two things. You haven't included a link to one of them. I need to find it. You're on the radio. God, yeah, I was. We'll get I to that in a minute. But you... W- tell us about the Wirecutter interview or article. Yeah, so... God, I bet it's been... It's been close to a month since the author... There was an article on the Wirecutter 
Um, if people aren't familiar with the wire cutter, their um, whole goal, I guess you say, for their site is to have a product category and pick the very best product in that product category. So, like, if you're shopping for headphones, you know, they have hopefully taking a lot, taken a lot of the, you know, they've done a lot of the product testing and things to narrow down, you know, the product choice to make it easy for you to purchase headphones, if you will. I guess three or four weeks ago, um, Tim Barabo, um, he, he writes for Wire Cutter, reached out to me um, about wanting to do, they were ready to do an article for about the best pen. So he reached out to me, um, and unbeknownst to me, I knew, I knew he was talking to other people, but the end the list of people he ended up talking to was me, uh, Brian from Office Supply Geek, Aziza from Gourmet Pens, and Elizabeth from No Pen Intended. So a great, were, great cast of characters. Yeah, awesome cast of characters, the best. And um, I mean, we exchanged just epic length emails. Um, I don't think we ever talked on the phone for this one, um, but we just exchanged so much information back and forth. And Tim was sending out quizzes and you know charts, and we had to rate different things. And it was a very, very thorough interview process. And he was doing it with all of us, and um, he ended up putting together a pretty epic length article on the best pen, which you know we'll have that link in, in the show notes for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. And uh, you know, right away the article kind of exploded. I even emailed Tim, and he was like, you know, I can't believe how he said I knew it was going to be good, but he said he said it's just really taken off. And uh, Brian Lamb, I guess who uh, started it, Brian, I guess Brian was at Engadget, right? Previously, yeah. Lamb, um, he, he said that you know the feedback and the uh, the comments and just the the traction they were getting on the article was uh, really huge. So he appreciated uh, uh, myself and and Brian and Aziza and Elizabeth all all helping him out with the article. And it was really fun. I've gotten ever since that article happened. I've just you know my my the amount of email I've gotten is really ramped up. You know people looking for help in in choosing pens and things like that. So just the whole conversation around pens, um, it it really picked up the pace right when that article uh, hit. And I've had people reaching out, you know, to do different things, and um, it's uh it's definitely made a difference in giving some exposure to this whole little pen and paper world that we live in, which is, which is great. You know, we want more people to become involved in things like this. So, um, it was fun to do and, uh, Tim did a great job and I was happy to see how it came out on the wire cutter. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't checked this out, um, set aside about an hour of your time <laughs> to go through this whole thing. Cause he, they did a very thorough job, which is, which is what they do, um, at the wire cutter. You know, they want to make the Help make the decision for you, and they uh, they put in the time and effort and trying to find all the details, uh, getting all the details right. So, and I think they did a really good job. It's just a shame you got the pen wrong. No, it's just a shame no. that you you chose the wrong pen. Really. All right, but, so let's uh, give um, since uh, Mr. Mike Hurley did not get to p- participate in this article, Mike Hurley, what is the best pen that just anyone can go into a store and buy and use? Because that was the kind of imp- that was the impetus behind the article. It wasn't you know. It it wasn't we weren't including fountain pens and all the odd Japanese pens and things that I like. We wanted to make it wire cutters. You know they wanted to make it an accessible product. So what's an accessible pen that you would have chosen for um, the winner? Pilot G two. G two. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would have gone G two. You know I don't like the Jetstream. I just something yeah. there's something about it that I don't like. I don't find it a very smooth writing experience. And the G two mm-hmm. is is just excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, you clearly don't know anything, so... Oh, is that how it is? <laughs> you know, I had a couple of people contact me from the show and be like, oh my God, the Jetstream? I was like, yep, they picked the wrong <laughs> pen. I didn't get that at all. I was like, oh my... Well, yeah, because those like- people won't contact you. I mean, they only contact me because they know you're insane. <laughs> but people that contacted me was, oh my God, the Jetstream, that's the one I use. Great choice. Or, <laughs> yeah, that was the good choice. So, But um, what's weird is, you know, I didn't know anything or I didn't know who he, who else Tim was talking to or anything he was asking anyone. It was just me and Tim talking. And apparently between the four of us that he interviewed, it wasn't even close. I mean, we all gave the same answer um, in the end. So we're right and you're wrong. 
Okay. <laughs> that's the end of this week's show. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and the end of the, the show altogether. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, the, uh, the uh, G2, there's actually a big section about the G2 because of how popular it is. Um, so, and I'm... I don't hate the G2 as much as everyone else do, does. I actually like the G2 fine. It just wouldn't be great. my choice. Um, the, a couple the of other people. The high tech C like, is interesting that that's not in there. I mean, I know it's maybe not like office supply store accessible. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit available, but um, I, I guess that was that was probably more the key. It's a little bit more niche than some of these other pins that were that we were talking about. Um, so it didn't. I mean, that would that obviously ranks pretty high for me. But I don't think that's. I've always said all along about the high tech C. That's not a. That's a pen. I'm very careful to recommend to other people. Yeah. Again, you know that I'm not massive on that pen anyway. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really like. You don't care for that one much at all. Yeah. Especially and, you that know, barrel. Ugh. Yeah. And plus, it doesn't come in anything greater than a 0.5 millimeter tip size, which you know most people, you know, prefer for a gel link pen. Prefer the 0.7. Like me. Yep. Yes, sir. Well, so, congratulations. Um, and then you were on the radio. You were on 89.3 KPCC. What makes yep. one pen superior to another? And I've got that in the show notes too, so people can go and listen to you on the radio. I haven't got around to listening to it yet, but I've saved it to listen to later. And you can find links to this show, all the things that we discuss over at 5x5.tv slash penaddict slash 72. So you can go and hear that. What was that like? That was pretty cool. So, you know, the the wire cutter gave, like I said, it gave us a lot of exposure. Um, and I think that afternoon that the article came out, um, just a guy from the radio, that radio station um, reached out. Um, I think his name was Justin at the time. I guess one of the producers or something reached out and said, hey, we'd like to talk to you about, you know, do just do a little segment about this article. Um, we saw the article. I'm a big pen fan. I love the article and just wanted to talk to you real quick. And he kind of did like a pre-interview with me, went over some topics and things like that. And then um, he said, yeah, this is good. And uh, he said, I'm going to get one of our, I'm going to get our host to call you back. And um, we'll kind of go over, you know, somewhat similar questions just in, in general. And um, it went super well, it went real smooth. You know, thank goodness I've been doing this podcast um, <laughs> or else I would have probably been like panicked, like talking to a guy on the radio. Yep. You're radio trained. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they posted it on – they have a blog on the website. So they posted just a dedicated article to pins and kind of did a summary of the interview. And they have an audio link on that page. It's like a four-minute interview. And, um, you know, we just covered like the really, really basic stuff like, you know, what is a gel? What are the kind? What are the kinds of inks in a pen? You know, ballpoint gel and, you know, liquid ink. It was really at that super, super beginner level. But, you know, that's what um, – that's what they were looking for, and uh, I thought it went really well. I was uh, kind of surprised, so um, I was pretty happy with that. And you know, I've got a couple other things. You know, people have reached out to wanting to do other articles. There's a magazine article that someone wants to do, and things like that. And um, oh. it's it's been kind of fun. So it's uh, it's hectic getting all these things done because my schedule is so weird. Um, this radio station's in California, and they were to record at like seven thirty in the morning their time which is 10.30 my time, which is usually about two hours after I go to bed. So I'm, I was like hanging on by a thread waiting for them to call and get this all done um, one morning. So um, <laughs> it was kind of tough for me, but I thought it was a good opportunity. So it was worth, you know, I didn't want to blow it off and, um, and, and miss it. So, uh, so I, I got a little more caffeine in me and stayed up for a little while that morning. So uh, it was fun. It was good stuff. Are you going to start like, bumping up your appearance rate for this show now now that you're <laughs> such a celebrity no i would never do that okay i would never do that at all good nope nope i know uh uh mike is the hand that that feeds me um, <laughs> and <laughs> hey hey i owe this all to you you're the one that that drug me kicking and screaming you know behind the microphone so oh See how that worked out? Mm-hmm. Look, now, look, <laughs> now look at us. I know, crazy, but no. Um, yeah, it's it's been fun. It's getting uh, you know, Wirecutter is a huge site, so we've gotten lots of traffic. I've gotten lots of traffic on uh, the Pin Attic. I'm sure everyone else that was involved got lots of traffic too. And uh, like I said, the number of just general 
emails, questions, tweets, all that stuff has really ramped up in the past week since this article posted. And um, it's been fun. It's been fun answering all these emails. And, you know, if I if I haven't got uh, an answer to you yet and you sent me an email, um, it, it's still in my inbox and I will get to it eventually. But uh, my inbox has been packed for days. So I'm getting to them slowly but surely. So thank you, everyone, for uh, sending those emails. And I'm more than happy to answer questions. Good man. Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. So there's some more um, field notes insanity going yeah. on, isn't speaking, there? Speaking of good stuff, we had that... Um, I posted about that Blue, Butcher Blue three-pack. Yep. Um, it ended up going for $410, which is just ridiculous, I think. Um, yeah, it was ninety dollars off, wasn't I? Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was like thirty dollars short. I was like three eighty something. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty insane. And I, I I've got a comment about this, but I want to I want to talk about this um this spreadsheet that someone on the field notes group on Whoa. Facebook called uh, created. Look at this! I hadn't seen this. So you hadn't seen that yet? No. So I wanted to be able to post, be able to share this with anyone who's interested in field notes because this is a really good resource. The guy that was doing it, what this is, is there's a guy, um, and boy, I forgot his name, Jeffrey Higa on the Field Notes Facebook group. And what he did was, I think it's from, I want to say it's from like January 2013 up until. Yeah, it looks like all of the year beginning of September, what he did was create a Google Doc, a Google spreadsheet that tracked the sale of every field notes <laughs> field notes auction on eBay. And it not just that, it doesn't say like, you know, Butcher Blue, you know, four hundred and ten dollars. It's got like the very specific like items. Like the American tradesman, when it shipped, it shipped out with a um carpenter pencil and it shipped out with like a card that told you how to sharpen a carpenter pencil. Um, and it came in a little Ziploc bag. So he's got, you know, if the auction was just the notebook, it says just the notebook. If it says American tradesman with the pencil and instructions went for this much, the American tradesman without the pencils this much, the American tradesman with pencils, instructions, but no bag went for this much. It's insane. The amount of work this guy put in it's into this—it's crazy. This is crazy. Looking through some of this, and you see how. So, like, he's got, for example, there have been three butcher blues sold this year. The most mm-hmm. recent had thirty-five bids, and it sold for four hundred and ten dollars. There was mm-hmm. one in the end of August that had one bid for three three nine, but there was one mm-hmm. in March that had one bid for thirty-five dollars. Right. <laughs> it's amazing. This is yep. this is really cool stuff. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. And, um, Bravo, Jeffrey. Yes. And the reason why he was posting it on this is he can't keep up anymore. <laughs> he needs he wanted someone to take over the spreadsheet. Um and it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. He's done a extraordinarily thorough job. So I don't know if anyone's uh taken up the mantle yet to uh to keep this going. I certainly can't do it. Um, but he was doing, um, like he, yeah, he did it for the whole year. What's got 500, what is it? 538 entries so far. And I included another link in there, Mike, like the last link where one of the, a different guy in the field notes group, Cody Williams, he took that spreadsheet data and like made charts and graphs and all this stuff off of it. It's hilarious. You just gotta you just gotta look at it and see what he did. Although for some reason the image isn't coming up for me, me right even. now. Oh no. Maybe the, I wonder if he took down his his source. His photos aren't don't seem to be working. Is that the same for you? Yeah, it might be a Facebook thing. Uh, Hopefully, it maybe it's a Facebook thing. But anyway, you go back and what this guy Cody did was he made. If you actually if you scroll down, you can see some of them where he's got like auction price. Um, you know, graphs and through the whole thing. And he just made all these charts off of this spreadsheet that Jeffrey did. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, you guys think that we're crazy on this podcast. We don't even sniff nope. what some, some people are doing nope, out there. Not so. even close. 
Yeah. And, uh, this makes me feel pretty good uh, about myself. Hey, Brett. Hey, Brett. <laughs> but, I, but I see something like this, and I just nerd out on it. I was like, oh, this is beautiful. I can't believe someone did this, and it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Hey, Brad. Yes. Did you get the email? What email? From Field Notes. Oh, I did. I did. Next week. Came today. Next, next Came today. Shh, um, don't tell anyone. I know. Next week. Well, th- this one, I think. <laughs> ne- next week. Th- next week, check your inbox. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so speaking of which, um, back to the field notes. I don't have this in the page, and I can find the link later. But um, on the field notes Facebook page, there was a link. There was a someone posted a thread. Okay, so what's your guess for what this um, next edition is going to be? You know, because people now like to speculate. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the things are going to be? And it's it became. I don't know. It's probably a hundred posts deep. Um, thread on there. Um, do you want to hear my guess? Do you want to take a shot? Do you want to you want to throw something out there? I mean, oh, I, it's really just it's really just throwing darts and just totally total random wacky guesses that people had. But I, I liked I liked my guess actually, and I might steal this idea for me. I have quite literally no idea at all. All right, so I guessed a. How do I explain it? It's a. That the next edition will be a plastic, a translucent plastic cover. Hmm. So like a clear translucent plastic with like an orange field note stamp on it. You know, the field notes in for future of the, you know, the, the logo you're looking for um, out on the front. Why? Wh- just, why? Just a, why do you think that? I don't know. You just got to guess something random. Hey. I mean, pe- people are guessing like, you know, uh, three pack colored of fall colors and everyone's like well they've kind of done that for fall already i feel like it's going to so. be something great i i i really don't have any sort of i don't i don't yeah. have an inkling and i also can't like think of something yeah um so i was just trying to think of something out there that they I'm haven't just done to and find that post when was that at least a week ago and the posts on there are just like epic length i can probably find it quicker because i've since i've replied to it i can find the um like yeah. find it in my notifications. Yeah, find probably, it while I'm uh, probably I'm gonna, easier than because um, there's so find. much in this page. It's, I love being part of this group. It's like the only yeah. thing that I care about on Facebook. Yep. Oh, like I said, that's the only reason I I um, recreated my Facebook account. Yep, it's worth. I mean, it. just so I could be part of this group. Okay, I found it. Cool. So should we take a quick break? Should we thank our first sponsor for the episode, and then then we've got we've got the two reviews that we promised for like two months. We're actually going to do them today. We'll do it. We'll do it. So yeah, sounds good. Okay, so let's take a very quick break before we come back and talk about those magical reviews that you've waited so patiently for, dear listeners. So our first sponsor today is Shutterstock.com. This is where you're going to find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. You can start searching at Shutterstock.com and you will find the perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to help you find images from across the world to suit your project. You can choose from buying images one at a time, as you like, like a la carte, or you can choose image packs or monthly subscription packages. They have whatever fits your needs. You never have to compromise. And you're always going to find new images when you go to Shutterstock. Do you know why, Brad? It's because they add 10,000 new images every single day. That's incredible. Whoa. It's an incredible number to think. 10,000 every day. So it's 70,000 a week. <laughs> and it's more affordable than you think. There's no charge for large files there's no extra charges you just pay once and you will get any image or vector or anything you'll get all the high resolution for it so you don't have to worry about oh have I got the 2500 by X size because I bought I needed it for the little size you paid for it once you've got all of those options available to you if you need them just take them and it's just searching around through the many 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 millions 
of images over at Shutterstock. You can create light boxes. So you can add your favorite pictures or images or media to them as you're searching around and you can review them later. So you're like, I like that one, I like that one, I like that one. You add them to your light box. And then when you finish doing your search, you can just go and review and pick from your favorite images. But you could also have an iPad app where they can do that too. They have 24-hour support during the week. They can get you an account rep dedicated to you. They also have enhanced license access if you need that. They have a huge library of not just of images, but also vectors, as I mentioned, icons, infographic templates, and video clips too. So go sign up for a free browse account at shutterstock.com. There's no credit card needed to do this. And when you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code PENS9 and you'll get 25% off any package. Thanks so much to Shutterstock for their support of 555 and the Pen Addict. All right, so I'm on shutterstock.com. Okay. And I am looking at 102 results of wire cutters. <laughs> I love these little searches that you do. Just to show yeah. how many images of wire cutters do you need? Well, you've got the choice of between 100 and how many? Uh, 102. Between 102 you have. So that's, you know, yeah. more wire cutters than anybody could need. Yeah. There's some uh some very choice images on here too. There's a there's a couple I'm liking. I'm liking very much. Good. So uh, you'll have to go to Shutterstock to check them out. Check out the bar cutter images. So on the 19th of August, you finally published your Lamy 2000 review. Can you believe it? After all this time. How long all this time. ago did you get this pen? I think almost exactly a year. Wow. It was something like that. And we've talked about it a bunch on the podcast. You'd think I would review it by now as much as I've talked about it, but I never felt totally comfortable reviewing it right after I got it because, and if if you followed the blog or the, the podcast for a long period of time, you'll know this, that I felt I was having issues with the pen. And um, we actually talked about it um, last week a little bit with Anna too. Um, I didn't know what to do at the time because I think that was probably, besides the pilot vanishing point, that was far and away, the Lamy 2000 was probably the next most expensive fountain pen I had. And at the time, I didn't have that many fountain pens either. You know, my whole collection wasn't that large as far as fountain pens goes, at least compared to to now. And my experience with the pens wasn't that great. Um, you know, just fountain pens in general, my whole experience was, gr- I didn't have a lot to go off of. So I kind of just kept putting it off because... It was an amazing, it's an amazing pen. And I didn't think mine was performing right. Like I was seeing some weirdness in the nib when I was writing. Um, it wasn't uh, performing as I expected it to. And this is uh, uh, the Lamy 2000, the Macrolon version, which we'll, we'll talk about as opposed to the stainless steel version and an EF nib. Um, so I was getting, it was almost like the nib was sticking to the paper a little bit in strokes the certain direction so i'd clean it out and you know i'd have one ink in it and i'd clean it out and clean it thoroughly and try a different ink and see i wanted to use this pen so desperately bad that i i was trying everything i knew to get it going and every i was getting the same results every time it was the it just was not writing that well for me so you know i i did some poking around online and found that actually for the price you're paying for the Lamy 2000, which is around 150 bucks, 140 bucks, it actually doesn't have great quality control on their nibs. It's kind of a known thing, which I didn't know at the time. Um, if I'd have known that earlier, I probably would have sent it off to get it repaired earlier or sent it back or something. I probably would have handled it differently. Um, but I, being a little more naive about it and wanting to try to resolve it myself, I didn't, for some reason, I didn't just like go to the internet and say, you know, hey, I'm having a problem here. What's the deal? And everyone goes, oh, well, it's a known issue with Lamy 2000s. They just, some of them have funky nibs. Um, so what it ended up doing was I just held out to get it looked at at the Atlanta Pen Show back in April. That way I knew I could send it off to someone to get it fixed um, and probably had it back sooner. Um, but I knew I was going to the Pen Show, so I figured I'd just wait and get someone to look at it in person because that would be a new experience for me too. So 
that's why the the review took so long. One, it took me, you know, a month or two to figure out what was going on with it. And then, you know, a few months to figure out what I was going to do with it. And by that time, I didn't want to wait to send it off and be gone for a month or two and, you know, just not have it and and not know exactly what was going on with it and not be able to talk to someone about it and what's going on with it. So I just held it until April and took it to the Atlanta Pen Show to have a Nibmeister look at it. And um, Mike Masayama from Mike at Work, um, he was going to be there, and he came highly recommended. And so I took my Lamy 2000 to him, and I'll, I'll never forget, this is one of the highlights in, <laughs> in, in podcast history on our show. When I told you I did that and gave the pen to Mike, uh, Masayama and he looked at it and he got his loop out and he looked at it and he goes oh yeah one nib's longer than the other one and I, when I told you that on the the um, the podcast you like freaked out on mm-hmm. the, the Atlanta Pen Show recap and just like I can't believe that that he knew that like immediately and he could see that and apparently to him you know what I can't see with you know just my regular eye looking at it you know you can't see something like that but um, his experience and with with pens of all types and his decades and decades of experience doing that. He saw the problem immediately. He smoothed out the nib. He actually uh, ground it down a little bit finer than the Lamy EF, which is a little bit wide, but um, not overly wide for me. Um, but I, I did one a little bit finer. He ground it down, smoothed it out, and now it's probably, if not my single favorite fountain pen, definitely probably in the top three. Um, it was a long process getting to this point, for me, and I get asked about this pen so much that I finally needed to get the review up, and uh, <laughs> it just it took forever. But it was worth it, I think, in the end because it it became a story. You know, instead of just a straight pen review, it was more of a story and how I learned to to figure out more what was wrong with my pens and how to fix it and not be afraid of getting someone to look at it and work on it. And now it's it's one of my the favorite pens I own. So it was pretty cool. It was a it was a fun process, and we'll have the link to the review um, in the show notes, so y- y'all can check it out if you haven't seen my Lamy two thousand review. But um, the one question that I always get asked, and the reason why people were wanting me to put this review up so much is the Lamy two thousand is almost the exact same price point as the Pilot Vanishing Point. So it's one or the other. It's one or the other. People don't want to buy both because it's right around 140, 150 uh, US dollars. And so people aren't going to buy both. They say, tell me which one. They're both supposedly great. Which one do I buy? I'm recommending the Lamy 2000. But that's. <sighs> so, but I have a problem with this that you had to get your own worked on. I know to make it work. So how can you? How can? And the reason you love it potentially is because you had it worked on. So how can you recommend it? Because there's caveats to everything, right? I can't recommend the van- vanishing point blindly because the clip is right where people grip it. Right. Right. I mean, there's there's give and take with every pen, and you know you have to know these things going into it. And hopefully, my experience with this has you know, can help, you know, other people out if they're having issues with their pen. You know, I, as much as I'd love to say, just buy the vanishing point to everybody, um, which I'm actually, I actually have my vanishing point inked up right now and not my Lamy 2000, if that tells you anything, how much I like that pen. I, you know, I can't blindly recommend that pen either because you're, I don't know how everyone grips their pen. And if they buy that pen and that clips in the way where well, they're going to hate it, you know, I mean, that's, that's why you know we have this show and 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 I write this blog and everyone else that has all these great blogs is to help you know spread this information around to where you can hopefully find out what's going to be fit to you. But I'm you know if you put the gun to my head and ask me which which pen should I buy, the Vanishing Point or the two thousand, I'm going to say the two thousand. I think it'll work. I think more people will get more enjoyment out of that. Um, even you know, taking a chance that, you know, you might have, you know, a little bit of nib funkiness with it. But like, for example, like Goulet pens, I know that they know that the 2000s 
you know, can sometimes be a little funky with the nibs. So they check them all before they ship them out. So, you know, if you work with vendors and, and retailers oh. like that that are aware of the product, then, you know, you're, you have a better chance um, of getting a, a good one right out the gate. And, you know, and I think it's a small percentage, obviously, but it, it does happen. It happened to me. Um, and, and now it's fixed. But, um, yeah, I mean, I can't. You know, it, it's hard to recommend pins blindly, right? There's 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 gotchas for all of them, right? It's 150 there's, pounds on cult pins. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, I want to talk about the the barrel real quick. It, check out when when you go look at my review, go read everyone else's review on this pen because there's some exceptional reviews, and I linked them in my post that really go in depth about the design and the history. This pen has been around since the sixties in almost essentially the same design, if not identically the same design. Um, that's how iconic this pen is. And if you've never used one, this Macrolon barrel, it's kind of like a fiberglass, if you will. Um, it's, it gets kind of warm to the touch. It's just really neat feeling. Um, I, it's hard to explain without, without someone having one and held one in their hand, but it's, it's lightweight, but not too light. And it's just got this really unique feeling. It's perfectly balanced. Obviously the design is spectacular and, you know, it's got the hooded nib and, you know, the steel, um, the steel section and it's just straight up beautiful pen. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to choose between the vanishing point and the Lamy 2000 because they're so different than everything else in the price range there. They are non-traditional, traditional fountain pens, if you will. They've been around for decades each. They don't look like anything else on the market, and no one else has come up with a design that matches either one of those things. So that's why they're so sought after, I guess, if you will. You know, people really like the design. It's unique, and nothing else comes even remotely close to the to the vanishing point or 2000 and they, they just have a lot of cachet that way i might come across one very soon oh yeah sunday the 6th of october mm-hmm. the london pen show oh that's right i'm planning that's, on going i don't know that's right i don't know if i'm gonna have already a budget because i'm we're coming back from a break that i'm about to go on but yeah i'm hoping that i can have a, a little bit of money um to put to buying some myself something there. Yeah. Well, if nothing else, you'll get to see some things that maybe you've only read about and you'll get to, you know, get them in your hand and see what they feel like and, you know, understand why some people like one pen or some people don't like one pen or understand what you might like better than better than you thought or something you might something you thought of you would have liked and you dislike it just by holding and feeling and testing it, you know. What I found going to these fountain pen shows is the the dealers there are so helpful answering questions. They want you to try everything out. And um so I think you'll even you'll have a good time regardless of even if you come home with anything. We'll see. So yeah, you should want to go and and you know figure out what, what pens you want to look at and uh just kind of just kind of take it all in. I think that'll be exciting. Shall we uh do our second sponsor and then and then the next sort of review. We should. I think we have an even bigger review coming up next. Yep. Because we're finally going to get to the Kaweco. Well, say Kaweco. It's Kaweco slash Colt Pens. It's more of the mm-hmm. Colt Pens mini fountain pen. Brought. So we're going to be talking about that. We spoke about it a few weeks ago, but finally Brad has got here, so we're going to talk to you about our thoughts, our collective thoughts. This episode is also brought to you by the fine folks over at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and a special 20% off, if you sign up during September, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TallyHo9. I love Squarespace because of the work that they continue to do to make their platform even more awesome every day. With new features, new designs, and even greater support, they give you the perfect platform to create your own space online to create your next web project they have over 20 highly customizable templates that you can choose from and they've won numerous design awards for these from institutions like the webbies and forbes i created some new pages on a squarespace site recently and it's so easy you just select the pages that you want 
you, the type of page that you're after. You know, you can select an individual page or like a collection. So if you want to group a few pages together, maybe you want to set up a gallery, you can choose those sort of pages. And then you can drag and drop types of content into the page and drag and drop them around. It's so simple, so awesome. It just makes creating pages so fun and just easy, painless. I don't have to code anything or worry about designing anything because they do it all for me. They have over 70 dedicated employees based in New York City who make up the Squarespace support team. They work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't get that anywhere else, and that's something that I love about Squarespace. And Brad has said before, you know, he's contacted them in the middle of the night, and they've got back to him. So we can attest with personal attribution for that working. (laughs) <laughs> Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and they include a free domain name if you sign up for a year and every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience by featuring responsive web design that's going to look fantastic on any device that people are coming to your site from. I want you to go and try this out. Just go and sign up for the free trial. Go to squarespace.com, sign up for a free trial and play around with it. I know you're going to be blown away, so sign up. And when you sign up, use the code TALLYHO9, T-A-L-L-Y-H-O, and the number 9. If you do that in September, you're going to get 20% off. And you'll also be helping support this show. If you love The Pen Addict and you like listening to it every week, go sign up for Squarespace because that helps us stay around. Thanks to you for doing that, anybody that has. Always keep t- sending us in your um, the, your examples of the sites that you've created in Squarespace. You can send them to us via Twitter. That We always like to see those. And I want to thank Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of 5x5. Squarespace gives you everything that you need to create an exceptional website. So I updated uh, my Squarespace, one of my Squarespace pages recently, my Field Notes page that I keep for my Field Notes collection mm-hmm. uh, that we've talked about before. And I had to add in the new pictures. Like I didn't have America's Beautiful um, edition taken on there and the Night Sky edition I didn't have on there. And then I, uh, I acquired some other... Uh, I guess upgrades to my collection. You'll just have to go in and uh, you'll just have to go in and find it for yourself. So I don't, oh, don't want to give at, it away. Look at some of this here, huh? Sneaky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and also changed the layout, which took about two seconds. With that was my whole point with the the Squarespace thing. I didn't the large images. Um, I think I thought were too large, so I resized them, and it took about. I mean, for me to do the whole page and resize everything took about two minutes. You just drag and drop it, and everything sizes in, and it looks good. It looks a lot better, I think. Yeah, they were good. I- that was a good idea by us to do that. It was. It was. It was super helpful. It's something that I'd always wanted to do and didn't know the best way to do it. And uh, turns out this was not just the best, but the easiest. And um, was that when are- we both created the pages independently? Yeah, it was. We had done it over a weekend, and like I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna get out here and make this page." And you, independently for me, said, "I'm just gonna get out here and make this page." And we got on the podcast on Tuesday and realized we had done the same thing. <laughs> like the tools that we are, we are crazy guys. <laughs> awesome. All right, so we got a we got a big interview about big interview here. Goodness gracious, um, we got a big review here. Um, our friends at Cult Pens sent us each the Cult Pens Mini fountain pen that they worked with Kawiko on to design a fountain pen just for them at Cult Pens. And our good friends sent us a pen, each of us a pen, and they sent me the full nib set. Did you get all the nibs for that? I, um, just- I only asked, if you remember, I asked like three. I got like a medium, a bold, and a fine, and I if you remember, because I've already given my initial impressions of the pen, um, right. and I am using the fine nib, and I really love the fine nib, which okay. is rare for me. Yep, so I was a few weeks behind in getting mine, and I, d- I got all the nibs. I got extra fine, fine, medium, broad, and double broad. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about the nibs in a minute, but um, do you want to give your pre- impressions again um, uh, about the pen? And we, we haven't talked about this from a review perspective, like a one-on-one thing, you and I, mm-hmm. on what our complete you know review of the pen is. So do you want to go first? Do you want me to go? Yeah, no, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of recap my feelings. Okay. Um, I'm really, really happy with the way that the pen looks overall. Um, I think that they chose some really nice materials. It's like um, aluminium and, and like chrome i guess I, I don't really it's probably i could find it by looking at the page i'm sure it will say what it's made of mm-hmm. um i'm looking now 
Brad. It's uh, yeah, I'm looking now. It just too. says metal, mm-hmm. but it's metal. Uh, it feels really nice. Yeah. It's anodized aluminum. Anodized with a aluminum. Matte, matte brush finish. Excellent stuff. And the the trim is nickel chromium plated brass. Hey, so I, I did say aluminium and chrome. So you know, mm-hmm. I, I've got it going on. Um, yep. It's weighted really, really well. It's surprisingly small. Um, it is so small that I do have to cap the nib to use it. Um, mm. But in doing so, it actually adds the weight required to balance the pen, which for me, I find that's quite a rare thing for me where adding the cap actually balances the pen, but it does in this instance. So it's not really an issue for me. Um, it's got a good clip, nice strong clip. Um and I really like the experience. I mean, obviously, they've got real quality nibs, and, and they went with a great partner in Kawiko um, because, you know, if if they would have just put any standard nib in here, it maybe wouldn't be as good as a pen, but they chose a real great partner because Kawiko nibs are very, very high quality. They're good stuff. I only have one small niggle with the pen, really, that the um, area where you screw the cap on is just quite sharp. Um, mm-hmm. around where the cap and the pen meet. But yep. it's not so much that it's a problem for me, in all honesty, but it was just something that I noticed. And that's me being extremely nitpicky. Um, I have been using this pen at home an awful lot. It kind of fits in with my with using field notes um, for me quite nicely. I don't carry it around me on a daily basis, and you can tell me if I'm being silly here. I, I am a bit nervous about carrying a fountain pen in my pocket all day, mm-hmm. every day. Um, I don't know if maybe I'm being overcautious, Brad. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Okay. If, you, if you think about it, this is what Kawiko does, right? I mean, they make, they obviously make a wide range of fountain pens from you know, the smaller size of the scale to, you know, traditional size pens. But I think what they're known for is kind of the smaller foot for footprint pens, whether it's the Kawiko Lilliput, which is the smallest, um, this Kawiko Cult pens, which is probably the next smallest, and then the Kawiko Sport, which is probably the main mini. It's basically a pocket fountain pen. So, I mean, this is what they do, you know, and I trust them to make a pen that's not going to, you know, come unscrewed, you know, and, and get ink all over my pocket or something like that if I'm carrying it around in my pants pocket. Um, I've carried the Lilliput um, in my pocket, my pants pocket. I've carried the AL Sport in my pants pocket, and I've never had an issue. They're totally sturdy, um, totally stable. Um, and what the Cult Pens one did that's different than both of those two is it added a clip so that's even better in my book for a mini fountain pen to have a clip that's sturdy like this you can clip it to your shirt clip it to your field notes notebook clip it to your pants pocket something like that so yeah i don't i i wouldn't worry about it if i was you you know i trust the brand um implicitly you know and they do they do a great job and until uh until something happens otherwise, yeah, I carry them around in my pants pocket all the time. What about taking it on an airplane? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay, good, just checking. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm super nervous about that. I don't know why. You know, I probably could. I mean, you what you do with this is you just take it, you know, pop out the cartridge, carry the pen, and, and then arrive at your destination, pop in a cartridge, and then when you leave, take out the cartridge, throw it away, and put in a new, you know, a new one when you get back home. Yeah, I could do that. that. Yeah, I just um, wouldn't use it on, on the plane with the cartridge in, engaged. One of the things that I love about this pen with the fine nib that I'm using is there's no bleed-free in field notes. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome because yep. it means I can use it in my favorite notebooks, Yep, which I can't, it, it, I can't really do with fountain pens. Yeah, not all of them are, are really good for writing on you know thinner paper and things like that. And um, yeah, that's one of the things I want to talk about is, is the nibs. But yeah. Um, I guess let me give my feedback on the pen. If you is that okay? Well, mm-hmm. the last thing I was just going to say is I just think this is excellent value for money. It's thirty pounds, um, and if you if I compare that to a let's say a Kuwaiko Sport, uh, yeah, so that's a, it's like seventeen ninety nine for a plastic Kuwaiko Sport. So you're mm-hmm. getting something that's much greater put together, I think, um, 
than than that sort of pen. I, I really prefer the way that this feels and the how thin thin it is and stuff. Like if you mm. compare it to a Lilliput, which is maybe more similar, they're like forty two pounds, so it's much cheaper. And I think I think that they've done a great job. But yeah, yeah, I I think they've done a spectacular job with the pen. I really love it. I use it all the time. I carry it with me. Actually, I carry it clipped to an exterior pocket of my backpack. Um, so that's practically a pocket carry. It's exposed, you know, um, but the clip is so well done. Um, I love the look of the pen. The brushed metal, it gives a, just that little bit of texture to where it's um, it's not super smooth and slick. It's got uh, um, It's got a good feel to it. I do have the same issue that you have with the grip area, but that's, I mean, that's just part and parcel with a mini fountain pen. There's only only so much space they have to make the design decisions they need to make for the pen to actually be functional as well as look good and feel good too, right? So there but it does the like the the back end of your grip does get on that little sharp edge and that can be annoying to some people. Um with the extra fine nib, I found like I gripped below it to use like below that sharper edge there. And then with like the the broad or the double broad nibs, I actually grip above it a little bit because you have that much more freedom with it. Yeah. Um with that wider nib. And that's actually kind of comfortable. So it it is something to be aware of. Um and the the section itself is a little bit slick, but for for a smaller pen it it doesn't have like a I like I would like it if it was brush the section itself was the same brush metal because you know it almost grips better there than on the chrome part of it but um it's not that much of a uh, hindrance at all but uh, outside of that the the cap posts wonderfully it's like got uh, um it's almost like a friction fit on the cap it's like there's a rubber ring or a plastic ring inside the uh, inside the cap that fits on the back of the barrel, and you just kind of you push it on, and it's it stays firmly in place, which I like. Sometimes you know the mini fountain pens, when you write with them, the cap, you almost have to write with the cap posted, like you were saying, right? Um, and that cap gets right in the cusp of your hand, and on a lot of pens, it'll move around when you're writing. This is is dead solid firm, yeah. So that's a that's a key. Um, for a pen this size, you have to have that or it's going to be wiggling around in your hand and you're not going to like that at all. Um, this one's, it's really, really solid. And that's what I love the most about this pen is the construction of it is it's really, really well done. Um, I'll have to take some pictures of it compared to the Lilliput and the AL Sport or the Sport. It falls right in the middle size size wise the little put smaller um smaller in length and i think just a tiny bit smaller in diameter and then the al sport is more of a normal width but still a shorter shorter style shorter style pin um i mentioned before the clip is key for a mini pin i don't know many that have pulled off a clip this well in this size of a pin it's um that's probably my favorite thing about it really and then the nibs, these are the same um, Koiko nibs that are found in all the other, you know, Lilliput, AL Sport, all that that whole line of pens. This is the same nib, and these are some of my favorite nibs on the planet. They are always smooth, they are always sharp, they are always clean, and I have discovered something with this set of nibs that even shocks myself, um, being the extra fine um, guy that I am, like in the fine point nibs and, you know, right and small, I'm using the double broad nib mic and I, I don't want to take it out. I, I love this, <laughs> like this super wide nib. It's I've amazing. never even come across double broad before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I need to get a double broad nib. Because yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure I'd like it, but I th- find it insane that you're using double broad and I'm using fine. <laughs> what has this pen done to us? It's made us uh, both question what we love about fountain pens. It's crazy. Yeah, I think the thing about Kawiko's nibs is, as opposed to like Pelican, they're 
the Coico nibs tend to run much finer lines, I think, just in general. As like if you compared a Coico EF to a Pelican EF, the Pelican EF is so much wider or maybe it's just that it's a more wetter flow you know it's putting a lot more ink on the page so that makes the line wider um coecos are more i guess maybe on the drier side which i don't want to say that that's not like an extreme they're very wet and good flow and everything but the ink doesn't spread or run or anything like that so i'm able to use a double broad nib like this and looks to me it's like when i write with it it's like writing with a sharpie pen or you know another marker pen like an like an 05 Sakura Pigma Micron. And I, I've always liked that look, but I've never found a fountain pen nib that could pull it off without just completely bleeding through the page or feathering. And I guess the, the Cuico nibs, they regulate the ink properly to where it's ultra smooth and the ink flow is not exorbitant. So it's easy to write with. And, you know, with my writing style, the, the small block print, you know, with a wide nib, which is why I've never used them. You know, my letters will run together if the ink bleeds. Well, these Coico nibs don't do that. And that's on all kinds of different papers. Like you're saying, you know, you can even use it in your field notes. Yep. And uh, I'm I'm pretty much fascinated with this double broad nib. <laughs> and then, uh, I'm going to keep using it that way because I like it. I'm using a mini fountain pen with a double broad nib, which seems like kind of defeats the purpose. But um, it's fun. I'm having a heck of a good time with this pen. I love it. I think in summary, what, what the Colt Pens guys have done is they've taken excellent nib manufacturing and they've paired it with a fantastic design for a pen overall. Um, and they've they've got something which is great value. And if you're considering it, I would say drop the money and go for it because I think you'll be very happy. Yeah, they did. It, like I said, it, it fits in Kawiko's lineup in a good spot. It's bigger than the Lilliput, which I love that pen, but it can be a little small at some times. And it's a little bit more compact than the sports and the AL sports, and it's a little bit lighter. And the biggest thing, one of the coolest designs in all of Pendum are the clips that Coeco sells separately from their sports and AL sports. Like I like nothing better than seeing those pens with that add-on clip. I think it's beautiful. But it moves around. They come off. So they come off. And then what's so the point of having mine, the clip? <laughs> it, drives, it drives me insane. Yeah. I can't clip it to my pocket because I try to and the nib slides up and off the pen. It looks beautiful. It's not functional. This is an integrated clip and it's super functional, super tight. And for a mini pen, you're going to lose it more readily than you know a larger size fountain pen. You need this sturdy clip to keep the pin in place wherever you're holding it, and they 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 nailed this one. So they they did a really good job. So good job by uh, Kawiko and Colt Pins working together. And, I hope, um, I hope it's the start. So I'm real a, happy with it. I hope it's the start of a long and fruitful relationship between the two. I hope so too. And as an added bonus, and uh, that um, when you order this pin, it comes with a Colt Pins deep dark blue ink cartridge. The diamine ink that I that I've ordered from them previously, they've made it in the short international cartridges, and that's what they ship with this pen. So, you're getting the full cult pens experience when you order this pen, and I love that ink color. It's it's actually loaded up in my Pelican right now. Awesome stuff. Now we've run really long again today. Yes. Uh, but before we wrap up, um, have you got any a quick update on Knock? Yes, I do. I do. Thank you for asking that. Actually. Um, the final production samples have been made. They are on their way to me to take the photography. Once we get that, we'll get everything uploaded to the Kickstarter page. And fingers crossed, maybe next week. You know, I, I can't give a date yet because we've had issues getting everything approved on the back end. Not from, you know, any any problems but just from time delays you know when you have to link all these back-end bank accounts and all this stuff between kickstarter and amazon it just takes forever and they lost my paperwork and we've spent like i've spent like an extra week in delays of just getting like approvals to be allowed to set up this project so now that we've got all that behind us it's all on jeff and i now to finish the samples finish the photography finish writing the Kickstarter page and then we'll submit to Kickstarter for approval. Once we get approval, we're good to go. 
and we're really close. I mean, it's it's not going to be this week. I know that, and it next week's going to be close, but it's a there's a chance. There's a chance next week. Oh, that's all I can say. Well, I mean, one of the uh, one of the hosts of well, one of the conference organizers of XOXO is Andy Bio, who mm-hmm. helped create and build Kickstarter. So, you know, if you need me to like get him to kick things along for you then just let me know and i'll, I'll put him in a headlock okay well we'll when i submit for approval <laughs> if i have a problem uh yeah i'll, I'll be calling you <laughs> so when are you going out to xoxo tomorrow tomorrow all right the conference we'll is fun. thank you the conference is over the weekend but i'm heading out to portland tomorrow that's gonna be fun i wish i was there that would sounds like an uh, awesome event so maybe uh if that's gonna be a recurring thing for you maybe i can uh, make it out there one year I expect to probably be there again, considering you know everyone that I know that went is going again, where like mm-hmm. where possible. Let's hope that there's some special field notes again. Awesome, uh, yeah, you never know. Never you know. You never know what's gonna happen. Awesome, right? Well, I think we're done for this week's episode. Thanks for having me back, Brad. Hey, absolutely. Thanks for joining me for this episode, Mike. <laughs> and hey, let's let's be fair. Let's be fair. This was it was as much my delay as it was Mike's delay last week. It's not <laughs> we like I said on when I recorded with Anna, we had we had conflicting conflicts. Yep. So, which is never good. So yes, you can sir. catch up with us online. Brad obviously writes the beautiful Pen Addict blog along with your contributor, whose name I forgot. Lisa Needham. Lisa, yes. Yes, sir. She's got a post up right now I on know. a uh, Secura uh, Pigma calligraphy pen that's really cool looking. Um, it's one of her favorite pens, and uh, she wanted to make sure she could write about that. And I said, absolutely. Freaking Yeah, another great, another great review, and I love that it's a calligraphy pen because I know that that's something at least is involved in. She's interested in that, so yep, it's really cool. And you can catch up with Brad on social networks if you want to get him on Twitter. He is Dowdyism D O W D Y I S M, and he's just Dowdy on App.net. And I am I Mike I M Y K E. So we'll be back again next week. We're going to be at a slightly different time. I think we're going to have the episode on Thursday of next week because I need to recover from jet lag. Um, so thanks so much for listening, and until next time, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>